Hey, welcome to The Conversation. You're listening to Andy Mason, and this is Authentic Conversations around the messy intersection of faith, family, and business. Uh, today, I'm back in Redding, California. It is a beautiful day outside in a t-shirt. The sun is shining, and it is not baking hot, and there is no smoke in the air. Very grateful for that. Uh, we had a great trip last week traveling and uh, hopefully you listened to last week's episode from 30,000 feet it was hilarious but uh, one of the things that we got to do last week was celebrate 23 years of being married to my wife and best friend Janine and that got reflecting on a bunch of different things one not least being how do I make decisions so it's, it's a big deal for me. Uh, I mean, if you know how to make decisions, that's going to really set you up to succeed in life. And I think I've got a little bit of a good track record in that I've been married for 23 years and I would do it all over again. I married the person that has been the pers- best person for me. Best friend helped me grow, a truth teller. If it wasn't for her, I probably would have burned out years ago, helping me say yes to certain things and no to certain things has grown me so much uh, so it's obviously worked it was a good decision to marry her no, number two uh, i was five years i went from college into a business consultancy company it worked really really well then i switched out to another company in finance relationship management that was seven years both very very good decisions i look back and in all of these decisions i guess one of the biggest things is the grace of god that even if you think you've made a bad decision his grace can help you navigate fix it up clean it up learn from it and literally can work for good to the point that you're like oh my gosh god you are so good and how you redeem even bad decisions that said how do you make good ones Uh, Another decision that we made 13 years ago was to leave New Zealand, leave established friends, family, work, influence, favour and come to a brand new country. We then made the decision to actually become citizens of this country and that finally went into place earlier this year. So there's a bunch of different decisions that I can reflect back on now and I'm so grateful because they were the right decision at the time. I didn't know if this is the right one or not. I, I don't know if there's ever been any decision that I've had absolute certainty. Even the decision to come to the States, I knew it was the Lord speaking, but I was terrified of all of these different things of what's going to work, how's that going to work, how do I do all these different things. So what I want to do is walk through with you some of the the key foundational things that go into making decisions. They may not all necessarily be uh, in order or all involved in every single decision. And just so you know, I'm not talking about what clothes to wear, uh, what car to buy. Uh, I'm like, I'm trusting that you're a big person. Uh, You can work that out yourself. And if you haven't to hear God about what clothes to wear, then you've got a bigger issue going on, which is called maturity. So let's talk about some of the bigger decisions, how I make that, how do I know where to navigate with my business and business decisions, what I lean into, what I say no to, what I say yes to, how do I make those decisions? Uh, before I jump into that, and I've got about, you know, there's probably one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight keys in decision making and, and what's working for me. 
I want to start by saying, who do you not let decide what decisions that you make with your life? And this is probably a no-brainer for many of you, but we still do it. So I don't let, let email decide what I'm going to do with my life. I could fill my life up answering emails, uh, responding and, and corresponding with people all day long. I am not going to let email rule my life. They don't make my decisions. I'm not going to let social media decide what I do. I choose. Danny Silk has this thing. He says, freedom is I tell me what to do and I do it. What I find is many of us are allowing other influences, other voices to tell us what to do without even realizing it. I don't let the size of my vehicle make my decision. Now, I learned that the hard way. We, uh, you're just going to laugh at this. We had three children. How many children are you going to have in your family? It's a good decision to make. It Sometimes it might surprise you. But we had three children and my wife was thinking, I'd love another one. And we were talking about it. And I said, but if, if we got a fourth child, I'd have to change my vehicle. And I liked this uh, Subaru station wagon. It was sporty. I love this vehicle and I was thinking if we got a fourth child they're not going to fit into into that vehicle I have to get a bigger vehicle a van and a van is like an ego buster there's no way I want to be seen in a van and we talked through it and she didn't push back on me in that moment which is probably great because if she had it would have been just so embarrassing but I remember going from there and thinking about it and suddenly having this thought am I going to let a vehicle determine the size of my family am i going to let an external temporary structure that just gets me from a to b determine something that is eternal and human i thought that is the dumbest thing on the planet so straight away went home and said honey let's that's our four let's go for it and sure enough we did and i am so grateful that i did not let the size of my vehicle or in truth the size of my ego determine my family uh, don't let pride ego or fear make your decisions uh, i love john wooden he was a basketball coach in the united states phenomenal success record and he talks about these two kinds of fear on a basketball court there's the the fear of missing the fear of I'm not sure if I'm going to get it in the basket, so I don't take a shot. That's stupid fear. Then there's the fear or the failure of commission, where I actually take a shot and miss. The fear of failure that stops you from taking a shot is the stupidest thing on the planet. Take a shot just take another shot and that's really helped me compared to the failure that comes from taking a shot and miss you will take a shot and miss then just go get your ball come back and have another go so don't let pride ego or fear make a decision and then don't let some other significant voice make the decision for you now that could be you may be married and you are listening to the voice of your father or your mother or your aunt or your uncle or your pastor make decisions that affect your family rather than you make the decision for you and they may support strengthen adjust or edit that decision but you are the one making that decision 
Otherwise, you have relegated your place to the position of a slave or a servant. Now, if you want to look live like that, then uh, you're probably not going to continue listening to these podcasts because I just sincerely believe that God's raising up sons and daughters who literally have a direct relationship with the Father, who live out this freedom that is in John 10.10, abundance of life. And most of us have relegated our decision-making to something that is less than what God has intended. So that probably sets us up to just jump straight into, so how do I make decisions? How do I do, how do I make these significant decisions that affect me, affect my family, affect people around me? And can I get it wrong? Absolutely. Have I got it wrong? Absolutely. What I'm learning is sometimes it's it's not so much whether it was right or wrong, but my belief system in the process will determine whether I'm actually having fun and joy and delight or whether I'm miserable and jacked up with anxiety. Uh, when we came, heard God very, very clearly to say, leave everything and go to a new country. We landed in the USA from New Zealand in 2008. I was so terrified of how I'm going to pay for family, how I'm going to feed my family, how I'm going to get visas, how do I drive on the wrong side of the road, all of these different things that I failed to then enjoy the process and the adventure. There was great feedback for me that I had fear and control issues that were determining that. So how do I make decisions? A couple of scriptures that will lock you in and anchor you. 2 Chronicles 2 Chronicles 2020 says, Believe in the Lord and you will be established. Believe in his prophets and you will prosper. Uh, Joshua 1.8 says, uh, this book shall not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it daily. Keep this, the word of God, constant in your heart. And in so doing, you, not somebody else, you will make your way prosperous and you shall have great success. What's that pointing out? Established in the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So that's the number one key for me is stay close to God in the best that I know how, and then I can trust him that daily he turns things out in my favor. It's crazy, but I can now say after 40 years of walking with him that Psalm 37, he pulls it off perfectly. I don't always understand. I don't always uh, delight in every single step because of the uncertainty, but every single time I've seen him pull it off perfectly so it's my establishment in the lord and the fear of the lord it's my listening to the prophets and i'll explain that in a moment uh, it's the word of god that is foundational to what i do because as i make that part of my life it's like i'm inhaling that i'm living that out i'm reading it i'm meditating on it then my decisions i look back and think you had no idea that was the grace of God that enabled you to make a good decision. And it's because you fed yourself on the book of wisdom, which is the word of God. So what are these things? Number one, the word of God. Uh, I encourage you, feed on the book of Proverbs. If you don't know what to do, don't know where to read, just go to the book of Proverbs. There's 31 chapters. There's basically 31 days in a month. You will be amazed at how much wisdom you'll get in your decision making just from reading over and over again the book of Proverbs because those are ancient wisdom. But I encourage you to read more. As you read more, you learn about the nature and goodness of God and how he leads and so many different things uh, that literally that's what took us from New Zealand to America. That's what is funny. When I got married, how do I know who to marry? 
It's like, God, do I marry Jeanette or not? And the scriptures that he gave me were, your ears will hear a voice from behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And I realized, you're not going to tell me yes or no until after I've made the decision. It's like he nodded. I'm like, dang it, can't you just tell me what to do? It would be so much easier. Yeah, but that would just produce a slave rather than someone who thinks and makes decisions and trusts that then God will correct, adjust, or edit along the way. So number one is the Word of God. Feed yourself on. Number two is the voice of God. Uh, there's so many things. When we started having a business online, literally I heard the voice of God say, go online. It was a shock. It was a surprise. It wasn't what I was thinking, but it set me on a course of progress to launch our online membership platform from the voice of God. Now there's other things that come into that, but the voice of God is critical. Uh, Jesus says, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Literally his voice and his word, his scripture, is my daily bread that helped me make the decisions that I'm making. And number three is the prophets. Uh, that scripture, 2 Chronicles 20:20. believe in the prophets and you will prosper. So what I endeavor to do is bring around my life people that are prophetic. What does I mean by that? Is that they have a seasoned, mature life experience and, and an ability that they have refined in hearing the voice of God. So I can go to them and say, what are you hearing? What does this look like? Uh, when we went in New Zealand, we left New Zealand, came to the States, uh, my wife and I had been praying about it. We heard God say in scripture, Genesis 12, one, God spoke to Moses, oh, spoke to Abraham, uh, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to a land that I'll show you. We had two other scriptures that were almost identical. Then what we did is we prayed through, Lord, well, you're saying go, but where? Where would we go and when? And as we started to pray through that, we both had the sense that the time is now. It's like not next year, but literally within a very short period of time. And as we prayed further, it's like in dialogue with one another, we were saying, where would we go? Would we go to Australia? It's like, I don't have any witness. It's like internal witness of that. No, like I've never had desire to leave any, live anywhere other than New Zealand. And as we just were dialoguing, Janine said, what about that place? We've heard this guy, Bill Johnson, speak at a conference in New Zealand. What about there? And as she said that, it was like light bulbs went off. Oh my gosh, where is that? And now, so we had the sense it was to Redding, California, where Bill Johnson was. We found out that he's got a ministry school, so perhaps it's that. And then also that the timing was now. It's like, and we, we look online and we saw that their ministry school started within three months. So then the next thing was, well, I want to get confirmation that this is right. So I went to five different respected mature followers of Jesus and one of some of them are very prophetic so what I said to this particularly one woman uh, she'd she's walked with Jesus for decades I said we've got some significant decisions coming up we think we know what they involve but we want you to go away ask Jesus and then when you've got something come and talk with us and let's compare notes so sure enough, she says, well, tell me what it is. And I said, no, you go away, ask Jesus and come back. Three days later, she came back to us and she goes, are well, you going to tell me? I said, no, you tell us first. So she says, well, I feel like there's a big transition going in your life. 
you've got a governmental thing around your life and I sense that you're going to uh, be moving to sit under the training of either Ulf Ekman in Sweden or Bill Johnson in Redding, California. And we're like, oh my gosh. That continued like that with five different leaders. So, number one, the Word of God. Number two, the voice of God. Number three, the voice of the prophets, people around us that do that. Uh, Number four, wise and godly counsel. Uh, those people weren't just prophets or hearing the voice of God. They're people that have walked with him, they're mature in life, and they're seasoned. Uh, they are excellent, what is good, innocent of evil, and the God of peace has crushed Satan under their feet. That's Romans, I believe, 10, Romans 10, 19. I'm looking for people like that. They're excellent, what is good. They've got a proven life. They, they've developed their craft if that's in business, if that's in home life, if that's in leadership, whatever it is, they've got a life that's proven in excellence. I am not going to a plumber for financial advice. I'm not going to a pastor for financial advice. I'm going to someone who has excelled in finance. I'm not going to my pastor for medical advice. I'm going to my pastor for some spiritual advice. Just be wise of what you do. So be Excellent, what is good, innocent of evil. So innocent of evil is that they have a lifetime. They've got a proven life, godly character over time. I'm looking at what's their marriage like? What's their kids like? If that's healthy and whole over time, I know that I can trust them. And thirdly, and the God of peace has crushed Satan under their feet. I want to see and hear current evidence of their living, alive and vibrant walk with God. Those are three keys for me that are really, really important. Wise and godly counsel. I go to these people and I will sound off, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm sensing, this is what I'm hearing, this is what we're looking to decide to do. And I sound that off and get their input on it that helps make my decisions more robust. They flesh it out more. So one, the word of God. Two, the voice of God. Three, prophets. Four, wise and godly counsel. Five, the witness of trusted counselors. What does that look like? That looks like going to one of those same people. They might not give advice, but I'd share with them, this is what's happening. This is how we're making a decision. And they have a sense, Andy, this is God. You've got to do it. It's the right thing to do. It's the decision to make. Now, when I talked to my pastor about marrying Janine, his comment was, give it three months of dating and then it will become obvious to the people around us. As in, others around you will witness this is fruitful, this is healthy, or the opposite is also true. And literally, that's what happened. Within three months, it became very apparent what a healthy, wonderful relationship, go for it. Uh, I've done that again and again in different things as we've shared a vision, a strategy, a particular direction in business. Uh, the, The opposite has also happened where I've said, I'm looking to hire somebody. And my wife says, "Uh, I don't have a witness. I've just got some concerns about that. If I ignore my wife in those situations, I can tell you story after story of a pathway to stupid. Uh, God has given you a gift in your spouse. If you don't listen to that gift, you are setting yourself up for failure. So the wisdom that comes out of the mouth of my wife is wonderful. So the witness of trusted counselors. Next one is submitting the decision to the Lord or submitting to the Lord in the decision. Sometimes it's, it may be something you know, the timing you may not know. 
but literally coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, uh, I'm dead to self, but I'm alive in you. You paid a price for me. My life is no longer my own. So I submit and yield this decision to you that you would confirm it, that you'd lead me, that you'd guide me. Psalm 23, he leads and he guides. I can trust that. And as I build up a lifestyle of that over time, that I see him come through again and again and again. But what is the key? Submitting the decision to the Lord. Uh, the opposite of that is being in a rush. So one, the word of God. Two, the voice of God. Three, prophets. Four, wise and godly counsel. Five, witness of trusted counselors. Six, submitting to the Lord the decision. Seven, an inner knowing or a conviction. Uh, my wife would say inner knowing. I would use the word conviction as in I just know that this is the right thing to do. Three weeks ago, my wife and my daughter, 15-year-old, just make it, made a statement about some decisions. And just what she said, something resonated on the inside of us. It's like, that's right. That's just the right thing. That's this conviction. I remember another decision where I get to choose who speaks at a Heaven and Business conferences. And I had this sense or thought or conviction to have a particular speaker come in and speak. And I thought this is awesome. I thought this person was a believer just like us. And then I had a conversation with a wise counselor and he said, you realise that uh, that person is not a follower of Jesus. They are actually uh, an Orthodox Jew. They're not a Messianic Jew. That's like having someone that doesn't believe in Jesus come and speak at your event. Are you okay with that? And suddenly I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And so I had a conversation with Chris Valentin and this was outstanding. Phone call, he says three questions. Question number one, what was your conviction? As in, what was your inner sense of the right thing to do and inner knowing? And it's like, well, it was that this is the right person. He's going to help us. It's going to be great. I've seen this, 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 this with him. He's spoken this book. He's written this book. He's done these things. I thought it was going to be good. And I said, but then I found out more. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Your conviction was it was the right thing to do. So you followed that. That was really good. Number two, he said, will he undermine our culture? And I said, absolutely not. This is what I know to be true about this person. There's no way they'll undermine our culture. He says, great. Question number three, can we afford it? And I'm so, oh, absolutely, that's, that's the no-brainer. That's the first one that I'd made sure that we could afford him in terms of getting him to come and speak. And then Chris's comment was, okay, good. Well, then if it doesn't work, we have failed. I don't know if you heard that, but because I involved a wise counselor, I took the decision from being my decision to our decision. And he took ownership in that with me, which is profound. So final one is, and it's probably one of the most important for me, is peace. Uh, Colossians 3.15 says, let peace be your governor. Uh, Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. He is the spirit of peace. So I know that the opposite of peace is a hesitation. So where I have peace and a sense of peace, I can move forward. I know this is the decision to make. Where I've had a hesitation, it could be timing, it could be something I don't understand, or it could be just the wrong thing to do. I've learned to trust that over time. Number one, the Word of God. Number two, the voice of God. Number three, the prophets. Number four, wise and godly counsel. Number five, the witness of trusted counselors. Number six, submitting to the Lord the decision. Number seven, an inner knowing or conviction. Number eight, peace. And then finally, 
test it. Don't wait for every single one of those to get signed off. I'm literally taking little steps to move forward. Our feeding of the 5,000, they didn't have the food to feed 5,000, but they took what they had and they started with it and they took a step. I find that so much happens. If I have a sense that this is the right thing to do, I'll make a step towards that. I'll test it out. I might not jump from 50,000 feet and into something that's so crazy, but I'll take a little step. Maybe that's a phone call, maybe that's an email, maybe that's a, uh, a invest a small amount, but I'll take a step that will move me towards that decision being fully walked out. That little step then confirms either way that, hey, this is not the right time, this is not the right decision, not the right place, not the right whatever it is, or that this is. Finally, don't rush in or be hasty. It's not good to be zealous without knowledge or to be hasty and miss the way. Uh, don't ignore due diligence. Do the due diligence. Just because you heard God say do it doesn't mean you blindly run into it. Do your homework. Uh, God spoke to Joshua and said, I've given you the land. Joshua didn't just run in and possess the land. He literally heard the strategy, city by city, what to do, where to go, how to navigate, and it's so important for us to do the same. And then whatever you do, don't ignore wise counsel. That will help you set up to make wise, healthy, strong decisions that last the test of time. I'm a testimony today of one, the faithfulness of God. Now believe in the Lord and you will be established. He has established my way. But as I've listened, as I've navigated, as I've followed, as I've endeavored to keep my heart open, as I've stayed humble, I've found, as it says in Psalm 34, I find that he pulled it off perfectly. So I bless you, and I just pray the wisdom, godly wisdom for you. Where you feel like you've made wrong decisions, I pray the redemptive nature of God, that he can work all things together for good. There is hope. So I just bless you in that. And just trust you that you will grow in wise, godly, long-term decision-making that you do not regret. If you want to find out more, check out authentic-solutions.com. And thanks for listening.